Coming up in today's episode, to begin, Jordan, Butsy, and Zwick are going to talk about an absolutely wild NFL wildcard playoff weekend. And then Letty and I hop on and we talk about Kawhi re-signing with the Clippers and what that means for them. And then we talk about the Pacers as well, what they do now to maximize their timeline. And also, I just wanted to shout out Dalton Connect on the Tennessee Volunteers. Man, you might be the best basketball player in Tennessee basketball history because right now, as I'm watching, he's playing Florida and he has 39 points. So shout out to him. Go Vols. And without further ado, let's hit the music. Welcome back to the couch, everybody. Welcome into our wild card weekend reactions, boys. We saw some playoff football this weekend. What do we think? Good stuff? Meh. Yeah. <laughs> it was football. Yeah. No, I mean, I will never not appreciate football. And I, I personally, I think Super Wild Card Weekend is the best football weekend of the year. I agree. I totally agree. I mean, it was the idea of it is awesome, but the games weren't so awesome. Unfortunately, games did not deliver um, phenomenal football. What they did do, though, is deliver phenomenal storylines. So we're going to get into those. We're going to start with the Cowboys. They got absolutely shellacked by the young and underdog Green Bay Packers. The final score was what? 48 32, but I think it was 48 to 16 at one point. It was not a 48 to 32 game. That's a misleading final score. Butsy, we'll start with you, dude. What what do the Cowboys do, first of all? Fire McCarthy? Is Dak bad? They have to revamp the defense? I don't know. Where, where do they go from here? Well, the first thing you do is you fire Mike McCarthy. That's, that's a definite. I think you have to get him out of there. I also think Dan Quinn is gone. Uh, as the D coordinator for well, Dallas, he, he might be. He might get a head coaching job in Seattle. I know he's interviewing for the Seattle job. He does not deserve a head coaching job after that performance, um, because. You know, the first drive the Packers put together was a long, like, you know, 12 play, you know, seven ish minute drive, just kind of smash mouth football, converted on big third downs when they needed to. Um, and they played, and it was a really impressive drive. And then when Dallas was unable to respond and Green Bay was able to bust Dallas open with a few plays where there was just nobody around the receivers. Um, yeah, that's when really I bad. Knew this game was, that's really when bad. I knew the game was over. Like, like the miscommunications and just defensive breakdowns. I don't know if we've seen that from Dallas. Well, we definitely haven't seen that from Dallas all year. They got 48 points. Uh, Zwick, what did you see? So we, we're taping this for context Tuesday at 6 p.m. Yep. And Mike McCarthy still has not been. <laughs> it's a good point. That, that's concerning to me. But anyway, I'll talk about the game. I mean, yeah, the the Dallas defense was terrible. Dan Quinn just didn't. It didn't seem like he had his defense ready at all. I mean, they they totally undermined the Packers, thinking probably no way the youngest team in the league with basically all rookie or second year receivers, and you know, you I guess you could call Jordan Love a rookie starter, whatever. No way they come into Dallas and you know put up this big performance, right? Like it seemed like they had just thought like, oh, like our offense will be fine, like. The defense just didn't look ready. They weren't like Stefan. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that one clip of Romeo Dobbs just absolutely cooking Stefan Gilmore. Like it was bad. And obviously, we talked about like the Trayvon Diggs injury, like hurt a lot, but that was a while ago. That that was probably 
10 weeks ago. So you would think that they would have adjusted by now or tried to find a replacement, but it was bad. I mean, like, where do you, where do you go from here through the Cowboys? You do this shit every year, every freaking year. You put Zeke at center in the playoffs last year. What the fuck was that? And then you fucking just shit yourself against the Packers, against a team no one gave a chance. Just, I, I don't know how people are Cowboys fans. I don't. You you mentioned the Romeo Dobbs play. There was also a play, I think it was Luke Musgrave, where there was clearly a breakdown. That was the most wide-open receiver that there's been all year, statistically. There was 17 yards between him and the nearest <laughs> between him and the nearest Cowboys defender. And Jordan Love threw like a pop-up, pop fly, took forever to get there, and he still scored on the play. So the, the defense was embarrassing and kind of shocking. I mean, if you were gonna tell me like the offense and, and Dak were gonna fold under pressure, I think that would be a little bit more believable than the Cowboys defense giving up. 48, but let's go to the offense and let's talk about Dak specifically. Just a, an absolutely piss poor performance after what was, I don't know, an MVP caliber season. Like he was top three, I think, in Easily. odds, or uh, he's going to finish probably top three still. So he throws a pick early and then comes back and throws a pick six. And then at the end of the half, he threw it short of the sticks on, I think, third and goal. And they got bailed out by a flag, but, like, really bad mistake. I thought he was just absolutely awful. He was terrible. I mean, like, there was no ifs, ands, buts around it. And it's kind of a trend with him now. He's kind of just like a regular season hero. Will probably throw 35-ish touchdowns every year, almost 4,000 yards around that mark. And then it just nothing happens in the playoffs. And I mean, it, it's two different seasons for um, contenders like the Cowboys. They they can probably win at least 10 games, 11 games, or at least they have been throughout the regular season. And then all that matters is the playoffs. They all know what the, the goal is. They all know they're trying to win a Super Bowl. And every year it's just they just fuck it up and they it's just bad. The defense was terrible. Like it's hard to blame Dak. Because I mean, easily Dak was horrible in the first half. But like, right. even if he played well, like yeah, it's like you even, don't know if, they even if even if you played like the best game of his career, is he still gonna win that game? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, Butsy, Dak is two and five in the playoffs. Do you think that's a guy that's worth keeping as your franchise quarterback? Well, no. To answer your question, no. But I don't know where else you go. Like. You can't – I don't really feel like there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that are available to be moved. Like, And you're not going to go full rebuild and trade Dak and get a draft pick or anything like that. So I just – I feel like the Cowboys are very stuck with Dak right now. Yeah. Um, They paid him all this money. Jerry Jones, obviously, when he pays guys, he keeps them and feeds them no matter what. We saw that with Zeke when Zeke was getting paid all that money in Dallas, uh, when Tony Pollard was clearly the better back for Zeke's final year or two even. In Dallas, we all knew Tony Pollard was better. And obviously Dallas kept feeding Zeke the ball because that's what Jerry Jones does. But I don't think Dak's a Super Bowl winning QB, a Super Bowl caliber QB. Um, but I just don't know what the Cowboys are supposed to do to get rid of him and try to like build a new guy. Like do you, do you just draft you 
draft a young no, guy and no, see if it works too good. out. No, they're too good. They're they're too talented everywhere else. Right, so right. you have to rely on Dak. I think what you do is fire McCarthy. Just blame him, uh, and go get Bill Belichick. Go get a guy to mm. fix the defense first mm. of all, and then get a guy who knows how to win in the playoffs and change the culture. Like I think Dak is still even after that abysmal performance, I would still have him easily in the top half of the league as a top sixteen quarterback. So. It's not like I think you just need to get rid of Dak, but he's definitely not a guy who's going to put the team on his back and and carry you when the other guys aren't playing well. What I didn't like out of Dak, and it was kind of apparent when when I was watching the game, he looked like he had the jitters. Oh, yeah, he absolutely. Looked, he looked so rattled. Once he threw that first yeah. pick, you could he tell knew. like Dak was mentally he checked knew. out of the game. He and all he was thinking about in. was interception, interception, interception. Don't make a mistake. And, that's, and when you do that, you make mistakes. Um, so I felt like Dak, when he had been, he'd been pretty assertive all year and pretty confident. He played when he plays assertive and confident, he's an MVP front runner, uh, an MVP caliber QB. But when he makes a mistake in a big game and then he starts thinking about all of the, the narratives going around Dallas about whether they should give her to him, what's going on, and you know, with Dallas every, every year, um, the, the pressure got to him big time. All right. So Cowboys fire McCarthy. We're all on the same page there. They're just chokers. Have to. Not Why chokers. hasn't it happened yet though? Yeah. What are they I, waiting for? I think Is it, it has not going to happen. No, I don't think there's that any would, way. It if they happen. didn't, it, if they didn't fire McCarthy, I like, I don't know what I would do, but you guys can name it, and I'll, I would do it. <laughs> I mean, I guess you talk yourself into like, I don't know, three straight. 11 win or more seasons. It doesn't, that, fuck, that it doesn't matter though. Like <laughs> 0 and 3 here? in the playoffs. Yeah. Hang the banner. They went they won 11 11 games in the regular season 3 years in a row. Mm. Yeah. They lost in the first round every year. All right, let's go to the Packers because I thought this was a phenomenal coming out party and performance for a young quarterback and team, but let's talk about Jordan Love himself for a little bit. We've talked about him before on the pod, and I've always kind of been a fan of his. And I've told you guys, I feel like he has more arm talent than people give him credit for, and he makes really good off-platform throws and back-foot throws. I thought he handled pressure really well. He made some crazy um, out-of-structure throws. What did you guys think of Jordan Love, and what do you guys think this means for him like going forward as in terms of like what people think of him? Well, I think he's also complimented by an incredible run game, right? Like Aaron Jones... Was, I don't even know if it's the run game. The Cowboys just didn't have a defense. Like, yeah, but I mean, I, like, I agree with you in, in this game. Yeah, like this game, Aaron Jones was was unbelievable. Three t- three total touchdowns. Oh, yeah. He felt like, you know, the Aaron Jones of a few years ago when he had Aaron Rodgers, where he was a very reliable, uh, you know, fantasy running back and just running back in general. But I thought Jordan loves Jordan. I agree with you. I thought he handled pressure very well. Um, stood in there and took a lot of took a lot of hits, but. Granted, there were a few times where he was, you know, he made some back foot throws and took hits that he was just throwing to wide open guys. True. Uh, I think his, I think it was the third touchdown to Wicks over the middle uh, when he was under pressure. That was a great ball. I think he's just a very, uh, obviously a great QB, but some of them were just like really, really, really wide open guys that you or I could hit um, or any of us could hit really <laughs> if, if we had the chance. So, um, I want to give him a lot of credit because I think he deserves it. But at the same time, we have to understand that Dallas didn't put up a fight by any means 
Yeah, I means. think I think there there's actually definitely some people in sports media going way too far with Jordan Love already, and and that's me saying that as a fan of his. What did you think, Swig? Yeah, I saw <laughs> I saw today someone saying, "Is Jordan Love better than Justin Herbert?" Yeah, like that. I was like, ah, like okay, we're going, we're doing too much now. But he's he's very good. I mean, he is easily could be Justin Herbert, like could be a guy like that, could be even like a Joe Burrow, maybe that's very far off. But I, I mean, I could see it happening with how well he was this year. I mean, he he was second in the league in passing touchdowns. He had thirty two, over forty five hundred yards, something around that mark. And he just, I mean, he throws with elite elite anticipation, timing. Like you said, he makes these off balance throws that like almost look so weird. Like he will throw off his back foot and he seems like he can get the same amount of like velocity on it that he yeah. would if he was like throwing with like from like a normal position, which is really like freaky to see. It's very, very it's a, it's a rare trait that like is very becoming more valuable. valuable. Yeah, it's like he it and it helps him handle pressure all that much better. And it's like very fun to watch. I was like I was shocked. I was watching him make like these off the back foot. Um, I think it was like the first like third and long of the drive or of the like the first drive of the game where I saw him make some like wild throw and I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah, it's crazy the Packers did it again. I mean, Big Cat's gotta be just absolutely beside himself about, yeah. <laughs> about the Packers getting three straight. Franchise yeah. <laughs> quarterbacks, Favre to Rogers to Love. All right, do do we do we take this Packers team seriously now? Yes. I mean, they have to play the Niners. Okay. Like, I think the Niners will win, but I also thought the Cowboys were doing easy. Yeah, I agree. I think so it's, it's it's hard so to it's underestimate like, them now. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's uh let's move to the Eagles. Eagles got absolutely destroyed and embarrassed against the Buccaneers last night in Baker Mayfield. I thought like even early in the game, I thought the body language and the energy from the Eagles was just so telling. Like they, they looked like they didn't want to be there. They looked like they didn't like each other. What, what, what's the issue here in Philadelphia, Butsy? Yeah, I, I think you covered it. Like the, the attitude was just horrific, right? Um, Once this team started losing, they never found a way to climb out of it and when you can't do that you're ne- you're never going to be successful in the postseason and they weren't uh they obviously got smacked i um i was watching the pregame and there was the rep- one of the sideline reporters was talking about how like this team is taking this opportunity as a chance to like turn the page and you know kind of start anew but th- there was no sign of that throughout this entire game like they were very negative body language dallas goddard was upset um, for not getting the ball a few times with Jalen Hurts frustrated on the sideline. Um, this O line didn't play great either. Um, God, they were I, awful. They were they were terrible last night, and they've been you know they're usually the best one of the best O lines in football. The tush push failed, and I think once the tush push failed morally, this team was just absolutely cooked. Um, they haven't had a defense for the entire back half of the season. Matt Patricia is just plaguing any team that he goes to now and is plaguing the Eagles currently. I still don't know what Nick Sirianni does. Um, obviously, A.J. Brown being hurt doesn't help, but it looks like the run game was good for, like, the first half. I mean, they looked like they could pick up uh, five, six, seven yards every carry, and then I looked at, I think it was in the third quarter, a graphic came up that they had 38 rushing yards all game. Um, 
they relied on the pass and the defender, no one got open besides Devontae Smith. Um, and there was Hurts pressure all day. There was pressure all day too. I don't, I mean, just a really, really sad way for the Eagles to go out. And I think it's only going to get worse because I think obviously Jason Kelsey already retired today. Lane Johnson could be next, and their defense is only going to get worse as as this offseason progresses. Yeah. Zwick, did you think this was a coaching issue this back half of the year? They were 10-1, and one, like we've mentioned. People are bringing up a lot of interesting conversations about Hurts. Obviously, I think we all agree that Hurts was an elite quarterback going into this game or going into this year after his awesome Super Bowl performance. He definitely hasn't had a great year. Are we still in on Hurts? He's definitely moved down for me, but again, I think people go way too far and say that like he sucks. I don't think he sucks. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not out on Hurts by any means. I still think he's an elite quarterback. I still think he has the traits to be an elite quarterback. His throw to Devontae Smith down the middle was was absolutely beautiful and it, I think it's coaching. I really do. I think that they're really feeling the loss of Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon because Brian Johnson calling this play, <laughs> these plays was like has been so, so bad. I mean, it's almost every drive they go inside zone, incomplete pass, and then like a screen pass. It's just like all the fucking time and so bad. And you can tell, like you can tell the body language the Eagles offense, especially Jalen Hurts, that he is not like this guy. Like, he is not liking whatever, even if it's the guy or if it's just the play calls or both. The offense of chemistry is so off. It They just don't like each other right now, I'm guessing. Obviously, like, we saw Dallas Goddard get heated. And with the defense, they, they looked like they didn't practice. They looked like they didn't even prepare. I mean, yeah. we yeah, Butsy is right. We need to start asking, what like, what does Nick Sirianni do during the week? I mean, you lose you lose Gannon and Steichen, and all of a sudden your team falls to shit. Like later wait, in the like season, what, what the fuck happened? By like, the way, James, James Bradbury, you are sent being sent to China, buddy, because this, he was terrible. Yeah, he's awful. This team doesn't. They didn't know how to tackle. Like they, they couldn't tackle. They at don't all. know how to tackle. It's insane. I've never seen a team who fucking gives up more like you know, yards after give, contact than yeah. these guys. I mean, they it's insane. But by the way, Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen, I would assume that they're they might be they might have each other's phone numbers. I would hope because they're coordinators. On, they're probably on the, laughing right now. They're probably <laughs> dying laughing. Yeah. I mean, Gannon has a great gig. When Kyler came back, the Cardinals were actually a formidable team. And if Prater hits a field goal, one of the two against the Seahawks in the last game of the season, right? Like they're they're they had a pretty good back half of the season. And now they have the fourth pick in the draft. They're going to get someone very, very good that's going to only help this team. And then Steichen had an insane season with the Colts without his fucking rookie stud QB. He had to do with yeah. Gardner Minshew. So, like, I think they were obviously a huge part of everything that the Eagles did last year. Um, no one knows what Sirianni does. I've never seen a team give up more yards after contact. It's all bad. It's all it's It's literally all bad. And nothing changed from their first loss to like the to the playoff loss that you know when they started losing streak to yesterday nothing changed everyone was talking about two weeks in how yeah you know their playoff their play calls are predictable their play calls were still predictable in a fucking wild card game like nothing changed at all it's an absolute disgrace i'm not yeah, a you guys fan and i'm heated <laughs> you guys covered that really well i think what nick sirianni does if nothing else is look really confused on the sideline. And then if they win, 
talk shit to the camera in the tunnel, and that's that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I don't. Sorry, I'll say this. I don't really know like why Nick Sirianni thinks he's like this. Like, no, he's in love man. with himself. Yeah. yeah, like super hard, really cool dude. Like, I, I, like what? I mean, yeah, he took the team to the Super Bowl, but he was clearly propped up by the coordinators, though. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's so, so clear now. And and I'm not saying Patricia and Brian Johnson deserve like a pass, but Sirianni might be a fraud. I, I do want to. I do want to say like, losing both coordinators is tough. I think they might need to lose both coordinators again because oh, they 100% these guys are. stink. Patricia, I think Brian Johnson has to go. Like we said, they couldn't block yeah. awful scheme on offense, no creativity, all that stuff. He has to go. Patricia, at least, like, I don't know. There's not as much talent on the defensive end, so maybe he doesn't deserve to be fired. Maybe you want to give him another year, I guess. Also, like, it's like the same defense that yeah. went to the Super Bowl last year. Like, I know it was bad in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and stuff, whatever. But it's, like, almost the same personnel. Like, they got Kevin Byard, too, and they still have Darius Slade. They still had James Bradbury last year, who, remember, who held Juju in the last play yeah. of the Super Bowl last year. James Bradbury is terrible. <laughs> that he's might be so... your, like, biggest, your most hated. <laughs> he, I mean, I, like, he was just... Uh, he was so bad. Like it was like hard to watch. And I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for him because probably the whole city of Philadelphia is like cursing his name and like, yeah, slandering him everywhere on social media. So I hope he's doing okay, but it's bad. I mean, in terms of football, not, yeah, not a good player. Yeah, it's bad. All right, let's talk about the probably one and only good game of Super Wild Card Weekend: Lions Rams. I picked the Lions in this. Zwick, you picked the Rams? I did pick the Rams. Butsy, you were in between, but you ended up picking the Lions? Of course. I mean, it's my pre- it was my preseason uh, you, well, you, you picked the Rams. You did pick the and Rams. And then you flip-flopped because you remembered your preseason prediction. No, I like the Rams plus three, but I no. like the Lions to win the <laughs> so game. So you tried to double home, dip and it worked. Guys, come on. No, <laughs> so I... You I try- no, all right, I'll be honest. I actually did think the Rams were going to win this game. Um, but that was a fun watch, and my preseason prediction did come true. Yeah. Um, that the Lions it. were going to win a playoff game, and they did. And now they have a really good chance to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. I thought this was like such a tale of two halves. The Lions came out, ran the ball wherever they wanted to, end up scoring, I think, 21 in the first half, right? And the Rams. Kept up with him. What was the halftime score? It was 21-17. Yeah, so super yeah. high scoring half and then nine total points <laughs> in the second Bad half. Beat for the over. Those Bad who bet the beat. over. Those who bet the over, it was me. Very <laughs> upset. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. Sorry, Zwick. Didn't know that. But yeah. um thought Goff played well. I thought the run game weirdly disappeared in the second half. What were the takeaways, Zwick? Matthew Stafford is the man. That's they, true. He's he awesome. Was so fun to watch. And I was I was sort of rooting for him, also sort of rooting for the Lions to win because it would have been a fun atmosphere and they kind of deserve it, whatever, all the storylines. But this game was awesome. I mean, easily the best game of the of the weekend. And Puka Nakua is also very, very good. I mean, he is ascending right in front of our eyes. I think we got to start talking about him being like a top 15, 20 sort of guy. Really, really a special player. But... Man, I mean, the Lions, 
how about it? What was it, 32 years, something like that? 32 yeah. years without a playoff win? That place was rocking. I mean, they had Taylor Lautner, Eminem, and some other celebrities. Ninja. Ninja, yeah, woo. Ninja got the low taper fade, guys. <laughs> woo, he looks great. Yeah. I mean, they had all those guys. <laughs> they were rocking, though. That place, that place they were wanted rocking. that win so bad. Butsy, any any thoughts? Yeah, I um I I have a thought. Actually, I'll get to my thought about what I told you in the car about about the about the whole quality of this wild super wild card weekend. But this is huge for the Lions, right? I mean, 32 years without a playoff win, without a home playoff game, and all these years without a playoff win, and they finally get it in front of their home crowd. And for Jared Goff to beat Sean McVay in the playoffs after how that whole trade went down is absolutely special for him. I could not be more happy for him. Um, that being said, I thought this was one of the better games that the Lions have played. Like, I thought that they were very solid throughout this game. Um, there were not a lot of times where I was like, this is a dumb decision or what the hell are they doing? Um, this was, you know, they didn't have to make any of those ballsy, ballsy decisions that can you that you know have won them games in the past, but I said could possibly come back to bite him in the ass in the playoffs. I mean, they made they made the one at the end to to end it to get the first down. That's kind of ballsy. It's kind it of ballsy. ballsy. And they were going to go for a fourth and five before. By the way, horrible. Did you guys see that false start call when they were going to go for the fourth and five, yeah. kind of in no man's territory? Yeah. Um, and the it was clearly neutral zone infraction. Uh, but they called false start. So, but I mean, it was it was a great game. It was actually it was a great half. Um. The second half wasn't very fun to watch, but uh, happy the Lions got it done. Happy my one of my preseason predictions came true. Um, now they play the Bucks, who, as Wick said, might win one game. They now have won a playoff game. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> fucking years. Baker Mayfield, what? dude, I'm telling you. I, t- I said this from the jump. Baker Mayfield had some life left. I didn't think he was going to be able to do this, but I knew he had some life left. He's been he's been slinging the thing. I think he uh, was averaging like 250 yards at home. Um, yeah, he had 377 last night or something. And now he gets to go to the defense play. is so good too. Defense, the defense is legit. So That's what Todd good. Bowles does. What the? F- I... <laughs> All right. Well, I I was wrong. I um, I'm not always right, but I was wrong. So sure, sure. All right. Uh, anything else on the Rams Lions? It's just very fun. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy I, for the Lions. I think I'm happy either for way, either way, the viewers win. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I think if you're like, it was a weird coaching matchup because McVeigh is like the young offensive guru, like football nerd, sits in a room all day grinding tape. I'm sure Dan Campbell grinds tape, but you know doesn't think about the game quite the same way as McVeigh. But like, if you're a football person, I don't know how you don't love Dan Campbell. That guy yeah. makes his team yeah. want to run through a wall. Like his the choir, man. is we're gonna kick you in the mouth. We are gonna push you around. You can know it's coming. We're going to out physical you. We're going to run it down your throat. We're going to go for every fourth down. We're going to do things that analytics say we shouldn't. I I just, I'm a big fan of that guy. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm putting people on now. I mean, I've been, a, I've been a fan of this guy for, for a little bit now. What's he, he put us on? He makes, he may like, I feel like he wants to make teams quit like mentally. Yeah. He wants to physically just and mentally shatter you. And that's what they do. Um, also, did I you think guys he thinks he's playing, like when he's coaching. I think he thinks yeah. he's on the like, field. He might that's be. Awesome. He might be in the cold tub post game. You know, with oh, the trainers yeah. getting 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 uh, getting all getting treated. But did you guys know that he consumes eleven hundred calories or one hundred um, eleven hundred grams of caffeine? 
I Every saw morning. that. His, uh, that's that's yeah. absurd. Two, gets, uh, two Ventis with two espresso shots. In each. Yeah, that's, each. That's, well, how, that's why he's always so like. Don't know how he's alive. Yeah, yeah how his heart's how, hanging on to your life. Yeah, how does this, how does he function? <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. All right, let's go to Browns Texans. I was I was confident in this one. I picked the Texans, and I I didn't think they would do this though. <laughs> they won forty five fourteen. I had a feeling the Flacco run would end. Back to back pick sixes was kind of funny, very but funny, kind of sad also because he was on such a good run and on a heater. He threw it forty six times. I mean, I guess that makes sense. They were getting smoked. Um, this was a CJ Stroud masterclass. Zwick, what did you think? Yeah, Stroud is the Stroud is that dude. I don't know why all the AFC quarter or all the really, really good quarterbacks in the league have to be in the AFC. I mean, I, know. I think yeah. like the top four or five are all in the AFC. But like what eight the fuck? of the top twelve, maybe? Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, they're just it's just all that just to stop Joe Burrow. But anyway, <laughs> I Stroud is awesome. I mean, he's so fun to watch. The Texans stand up. Yeah, seriously. And the Texans are going to be here to stay. I mean, they're only going to attract more free agents with the play of Stroud and Nico Collins' emergence and D'Amico Ryan's really turning this franchise around ever since, you know, Deshaun Watson left, basically. The defense is still finicky. I think that the secondary still needs help. I'd like to see him add, like, a premier corner or safety position in the draft or free agency. And I think they could be really, really special, but Stroud is, I mean, he's amazing. He is so good. Stands in the pocket. will take the hit no matter what he will find the guy. And I, I think that they'll probably add another weapon this off season. I mean, to go along with Nico Collins, to go along with Tank Dell, even like Dalton Schultz has been playing well. Yeah, I was gonna say that I is, don't know if they even need another weapon. Like they have good young weapons. And Pier- is Damian Pierce young? Is he good? Yeah. Also, yeah. Yes, he, he was. Like, he was good, but Devin yeah. Singletary took his job, which is yeah. like weirdest sentence ever. Because like well, no one. Devin Singletary ever was was really good. Yeah. No, he was amazing. He was and, so good. Yeah, and just this whole team is just. It seems like. Like it feels like the 2021 Bengals. It feels like a team of destiny, a team like high praise. No... Wow. Yeah. Dude. I mean, think about it. Ten and seven. No talent one wise. no one really gives them a chance. Elite talent gap. quarterback. Talent Very big gap. talent gap. Yeah, but you wouldn't have said that when the Bengals were ten and seven. So I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe it's like Yeah, I didn't think they would go to the Super Bowl. The I think the most shocking thing though was the Browns defense just laying an absolute egg. They were that so was, bad. I mean, they gave up 45 <laughs> points. They were like top five in everything. They had, at the start of the season, they were top one for the last like 50 years in everything. It was unbelievable. Butsy, what the hell happened? I'm going to go. This is where I'm going to go on my rant. Mm. You guys ready, ready for this? I'm ready. I'm very excited. I thought the, the product of the Super Wild Card Weekend was, relatively speaking, pretty bad. Mm. Oh, interesting take. I think the product stunk. I thought that there was one good game. And Jordan, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, the the games were not great, but the only good thing that came out of it was the storylines. This is one of those games that I turned off after the picks the first pick six from Flacco, right? You get a half and the first pick six in the third quarter, and then the game's over. You don't even need to watch the rest of it. And there were many games like that this weekend. Um and it was it was kind of infuriating because you want to sit there and you want to watch all the football, 
but God damn it, it makes it really hard to watch the football when you know the games are completely over in the third quarter. Um, like the Cowboys, we knew that that was over in the third quarter. It was over the fucking second quarter, dude. That was. It might have been over at half if you wanted to call it. Like after the after Dak's pick six when they were driving, like that was it. That was the game. And the Browns after the Flacco, that was the game. And the, and even the the Bucks last night, the Eagles didn't even put up a fight. That wasn't a game for for the majority of the second half. So. I thought the product was was really frustrating this weekend, um, and I, I would I would attribute like the one good game that that was the the Lions and Rams that was you know hell of a first half and but even the second half there was nine total points scored so um, the second half was kind of like watching paint dry but I mean it's it is football and I'm grateful but the division be will getting, be better I might It'll... be getting a little greedy but I I I agree with you I do think the division getting will be a lot closer you're getting yeah. greedy I might all be. right you're taking it for you're taking advantage or taking it for granted yeah yeah you're right i mean you guys are right (laughs) all right let's go to full left let's go to Chiefs dolphins this was probably the most predictable game ever dolphins flying from miami to play in negative a million degree weather whatever it was i think it might have been in the negative 20s unless the windshield windshield, negative 24 yeah Yeah, that's what i saw Chiefs end up winning 26 to 7. The 7, by the way, for the Dolphins was an underthrown, terrible ball that somehow Tyree came back to and took to the house. The Dolphins, this, I mean, they were 11 and 6, but we all knew, I think, what they were. Yeah. I and I I I think Tua might suck. I was gonna like, say like, some of my he, uh don't go listen to my QB tiers from like week three because yeah. that, that's I, a bad look. He's, I think he's sort of like the Dak archetype, where he might be like a regular season worse. hero. No, he's not. I dude, Tua is, 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 is worse than Dak. Tua is, Tua worse is Dak. so much worse than Dak. Yeah, he's so unathletic. Like he can't. He's so unathletic. He like in the he, pocket he at all. He doesn't extend plays. His arm is weak. He's extremely accurate, but. Like twenty yard throws. Yeah, but he he is, he throws with like almost no velocity. The ball kind of like fiddles in the air, and obviously there's he's playing in extreme conditions, whatever. But he's like he's terrible. He he was he was terrible against the Chiefs. He I think he failed his team. He didn't like it was like fourth and like sixteen, and he threw like an eight yard check yeah, down. That was fucking and ridiculous. it was and I get it like. You have to throw something because if you take a sack there, it not looks that even... you don't have to throw the eight yard. But you don't, yeah, you don't have to throw that. Like at least give your guy, like even if it's like a 40, 60 ball, yeah, past the sticks, give him a chance. Yeah, who cares if it's incomplete? And, yeah, at that point, you're probably going to lose anyway. But he just, he, yes, he's extremely accurate, and yes, he can put the ball in probably places that a lot of quarterbacks in the league can't. But he is so unathletic. He doesn't extend plays. He doesn't add any rushing ability whatsoever. He doesn't like he's not going to be able to throw the ball in the air 50, 60 yards like Josh Allen and Mahomes can like guys like that can. He's not going to be able to do that. And he hasn't been his entire college career and NFL career. And obviously, I think the Dolphins will stick with him. I think they'll resign, resign him for like the Daniel Jones like type contract, like I think million. Tua is gonna want a lot more than the Jones contract. After I mean, he was. Did he? What has he done? Yards like, or something? This, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's this is very true. But I also think that the Dolphins can be like, look what you did the back half of the season. 
<laughs> and versus, a, you know, really, really good defenses like what we thought was the Cowboys. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I was literally just going to say Tua has Tyreek and Waddle, the best run game in the league. One of the be- one of the offensive gurus, young play caller, yeah. super smart offensive coach. He has everything, and he's still not performing when he needs to. They were they're now they finished the season one and six against teams with a winning record. That's not that's not okay. Like so now they have a weird decision with Tua where how much can you pay this guy like reasonably without wanting without keeping yourself up at night. All right. Time to talk Chiefs, fellas. A lot of skepticism over the Chiefs on this podcast from that side of the Zoom, if you will. Not my side. Uh, Chiefs were my preseason Super Bowl pick. They're not my current Super Bowl pick, but I have been telling you guys that I think they're a lot better than everyone has made them out to be. Kind of a weird year for them. They end up 11-6. and six. The offense is bad. The defense is good. The receivers are awful. This one, I don't know how much you can take away from its wick, but I thought the Chiefs looked good. Yeah, and I, I think it looked pretty good. Rasheed Rice looked fantastic. He was, you know, easily their best player. But they also played an incredibly injured Dolphins defense who wasn't even that good when they were healthy. So I'm yeah, not a bad defense, I was gonna say. Like even I'm if not, they're healthy. I'm not like totally moved by this performance because the Dolphins offense also put like the Chiefs offense or the the Chiefs offense like in very good positions because the Dolphins were constantly punting and they just were horrible. But I think it's going to be very different when they have to go to Buffalo. Obviously, way better defense, way better team in general. I'm not. I, I'm first off. I'm picking the Bills in that game, but we'll get to that in the next episode. I'm not fully moved by this. I guess it's all to sum it up. I'm I'm just not like fully convinced that they're this elite offense now after they put 26 points up on the extremely injured Dolphins defense. Rishi Rice is legit. That's all. Very that's good. all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's what they needed. They needed one receiver to be good. They still have Kelsey, who didn't have his best game. He had three drops, but still ended up with 71 yards. Um, Rishi Rice is the breakout guy that they needed this year because obviously the other guys like MVS. Uh, Watson, Hardman, those guys stink. Kadarius, Tony, but I still believe in the Chiefs. We'll talk about it next episode. But spoiler alert: I am picking the Chiefs in that game. Um, I have a fun fact before Butsy goes. I was doing so. You guys know I'm a football nerd. I was doing a deep dive on who is the best, um, and worst run blockers according to mm. PFF for wide receivers over like the last like thirty something years. I don't know. And Marcus Valdez Scaling is the worst, like dead what? last. So what is he on the field for? He's he like he he was like three hundred seventy eighth in run oh block. For grades. It's very funny. I'll try to pull up the list again, but I I was it was like three a.m. and I was looking at like receiver run blocking and I'm like, what am I doing? And I scrolled to the way bottom of the list and there it's like three hundred something. Marcus Valdez Scaling. That's so funny. Butsy, you have any thoughts on KC here? Or just kind of not a, swayed a along, not swayed. Um, yeah. I, I'm not swayed by this win. I think this, the I, I feel like a lot of people predicted the game to go this way. I don't think a lot of people gave Miami a fighting chance because they're a soft team from a warm weather climate going to absolutely frozen conditions. Um, 
I mean, the fridges, like the fridges that held the beer were warmer than the outside temperature. So whenever the beer would just come out of the fridge, it would just freeze. Um, I think Miami's soft. I, I think when they when they played a legit opponent, they got absolutely they got their shit pumped. Um, I'm not shocked by this outcome. I think the Chiefs I think the Chiefs offense was better than we've seen it, but I still it doesn't sway me to think that they're this elite offense who can go up and put, you know, thirty five points up on on Buffalo next week. Like I don't see a world where that happens. No, I, I just I don't think they need to. Get their shit pumped. That's one I haven't heard before. I like it. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Get their shit pumped. All right, let's get pumped. Let's talk about the team that the Chiefs are going to play. The Bills end up beating the Steelers 31-17. I did not get to watch this one. I was driving back to Fairfield while this game was going on, but I kept checking the score and it seemed like the Bills just couldn't like close it out. It I don't know. It, was that the accurate? Steelers the Steelers hung around for a while. I guess that's classic Steelers. Like that's their whole yeah, thing. Yeah, of course it's <laughs> I'm very glad they lost, but I mean Josh Allen is awesome. There's no, there's no doubt about that. We already know Josh Allen is fucking awesome and so fun to watch, and you know can either be the best quarterback in the world or look like the worst. And he looked like the best. He was amazing. He had the 52 yard touchdown run where he broke like three tackles. Um, he had like two very quick touchdown passes to the tight ends in the first quarter. But the Steelers just stuck around. I mean, like they always do. Like like Mike Tomlin has them in these games where they're overachieving. They blocked the field goal at the end of the first half and then scored only down 14 at the half. And then there was one point where they were only down seven, right? 24 then, 17, yeah. And then the Steelers and then the Bills just went right down the field and scored. And they were up 31 17 again. And then the Steelers never had a chance after that. So there's like not much to take away from this game, really. Uh, I mean, like this, this confirmed what we knew. I would expect Mike Tomlin to be back next year. Has to be. That would be silly. A, I, I see people talking about firing Tomlin. I think that would be so dumb. I as a Bengals fan, I hope he's gone, but I feel like there's absolutely no way he's gone. Yeah. But I mean, it's like Steelers. Where do you go from here? Like, what? What is the? Is Kenny Pickett still the guy? I don't think so. Dude, I was gonna say if there's no takeaways, maybe the takeaway is Mason Rudolph over Kenny Pickett. I I hope they it? start Mason Rudolph for the next <laughs> few years or whatever. That I really hope they do. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But you got any takeaways for us? Yeah, so, well, let's talk about the the Mike Tomlin situation. He seems to be about 9 and 8 or 9 and 8 or 10 and 7 every year now. It's kind of just seemed like one or two games above 500. But they get their shit pumped, for better words, mm. in the divisional round or in the um in the wild card round pretty much every season. They're just wild card letdowns every single season. If you're Mike Tomlin and you've been getting not great teams to the wild card round every single year, why the hell would you not want to go coach your legit team if the Eagles have a coaching opening, if the Cowboys have a head coach vacancy? Why would you, if you're Mike Tomlin, not want to go coach one of those teams and just, again, for like the 20th year in a row, coach a team that goes nine and eight and loses to a powerhouse in the, in the, in the AFC. Like, I, I, I don't know. That's just I, a thought very that good I've point. had. It's a, very it's a good, good point. point. It's just interesting. I think a lot of coaches, like, especially when Tomlin's been there, he's won a Super Bowl there. And I don't know. I just, I just think it's like a sentimental thing. It's like, that's his team. When you think Steelers, you think Mike Tomlin. So I don't, the, I wouldn't see that happening. The day that that stupid fucking 
never had a losing season record dies is the best day of my life. You might so retire every, before that happens. Every single year I root for that, for the downfall <laughs> of that record. And every single year I get hurt because he always fucking does it. And it's so but, annoying. But it's just, but like, it's accumulated to one Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, they haven't won a playoff game in five years. I know the record is crazy and it's great. And it talks about, you know, speaks to how volumes, how good of a head coach he is. But they've won one Super Bowl. They haven't like done much. It's crazy. Uh, it's just that's why I don't love the record because it hasn't accumulated to, to anything besides the Super Bowl. I mean, Super Bowls are hard to win. I also think they may have won. Yeah, they have. They have two. Tomlin won two. With must Big be ben. nice. Must be nice. Patriots fans. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's we're fun. we're kind of spoiled with six rings. Like two Super Bowls in for any coach is pretty awesome. Uh, all right, that's all I have. This game was was lame. So. Oh, he won in his. He wasn't. He won his. Uh, won the first one as an assistant. Yep, you're right. For the Bucks in Super Bowl thirty-seven. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Yep. All okay. right. Anyways, we will be back. We will give you our divisional preview. Obviously, the Chiefs are going to win, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Um. Oh, wait. Whoa. 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 <laughs> whoa. 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 Well, you know. Slow maybe, the hell down. Maybe we, whoa. 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 Maybe we have to friendly wager here. Oh. Because obviously, be- well, apparently you said obviously the Chiefs are going to win. So apparently you sound so confident. Maybe is the should- line out yet? It it's is minus two. Minus two Bills. Okay. Save save <laughs> save the wage save the wager for uh, the Friday. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, we'll be back. Thank you all for listening. And all right, it's NBA time with Letty. We're talking about the Clippers and the Pacers. We've already talked about them a couple times, but it's been kind of a slow NBA news cycle recently uh i think it'll change once the deadline happens there's gonna be a lot more to talk about but for now we're just gonna talk about the two teams that we've kind of kept our eyes on and that's first we can talk about the clippers uh Kawhi signs his new extension three years and it'll pay approximately 52 the, the next year in 2024 2025 and then flat 50 million per year for the next two years following that um very team friendly deal and uh you know this was like important that they got that done and they didn't have to get it done right now but they did so from your standpoint letty how do you feel about this deal for the clippers first off i just want to say hey how are you <laughs> i'm good i'm good how are you um, doing led also you look exhausted what's going on i am i am exhausted dude it's why all right though i don't know just it, how's the weather where you're at because it's cold and ugly up here and it's just it is out. it is it's gritty it's gritty over here i'm living next to a beach too so it makes everything 10 mm. degrees colder yeah, that'll do it. So, yeah. Did you have that beach swell? Wasn't there some East Coast water swells? Yeah, there was. There were, People yeah. were uh, canoeing to the bar, actually, which is pretty That's funny. That's fucking awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, did you, any, did you get the canoe out or, at all? or? No, I wasn't up here at the time. Uh, sadly, sadly. Yeah. But anyway, so Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, new arena opening next season. We know that. They put a bunch of money into that arena. Um, or was it this year? Uh, next year, yeah. It's next year. Um, you just stared at me like I had 10 heads, so I don't know if I said something no, wrong. No, sorry, sorry. I was uh, I was locking in on you. Um, and I don't like Paul George has a player option for the next summer. Um, Harden is also a free agent. And look, they look really good right now. But I think time is their biggest enemy. Like, we're seeing yeah. all these teams like Minnesota, young, like, really fun to watch. OKC, so young, fun to watch. Even the Nuggets are, like, 
Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. Yeah. Like they're both younger than Kawhi and Paul George, and same with Jokic. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think this extension was good because a couple of reasons. I think teams would have paid Kawhi if he was a free agent at the end of this year. For sure. But I don't think that he would have gotten as much as he got with the Clippers because of just being injury prone. Um, but yeah, I think this summer or this playoff run is going to be huge. Like depending on if they get to a conference finals, then I think they'll bring everyone back. If not, I don't really know what the deal is. Like I think the Clippers can't talk to Harden until after the playoffs. So that's going to determine how much money he asked for and what his market's like. Um, but I think, yeah, we just have to ride it out with this Clippers team. For sure. And I mean, this is them gambling on trying to get a championship within this year or next year because mm-hmm. they have no draft capital whatsoever. They're locked down to Kawhi now. Uh, they're looking to get locked down to Paul George and Harden as well. But on the, the bright side, they are looking like contenders right now. I think you have to actually put them in the conversation because uh, one yes. of the talent, they're probably the most talented team from number one all the way down to number 13, like players-wise. Um, Definitely. You, they have the best players. So you have to put them in there. They have the experience, and they're playing really, really well right now. Um, and they just look like it's exactly what you would hope for, where if one star gets hurt, you can kind of have either Kawhi or Paul George or Harden. You know, they're all kind of interchangeable, right? So say Harden gets hurt, you have the other two to rely on. Kawhi gets hurt, mm-hmm. you have the other two to rely on. And it works really, really well. And I think right now they don't really need anyone else. Not that they can really add anyone else. They look good with how they are. They're first in three-point percentage. They're fifth in net rating, 13th in defensive rating, and sixth in offensive rating. Um, they just... I know they just lost to Minnesota, but they had a win over Memphis, Toronto, uh, Phoenix, like, and they blew out Phoenix bad. They beat, and uh, they have, you know, it feels like they're starting to get their footing a little bit. And I'm a little afraid to see them because they would match up against the Celtics really nicely, say, if we see them in the finals. I know I'm thinking a little bit ahead, but with their um, wings. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like this move for them. It at least is doubling down into what they their plan is it's pretty evident that they have a plan they're going all in and uh this this deal shows that so hopefully they can get something done with Harden and Paul George I I I feel like you can get something done with Harden Paul George uh it could be a little scary because teams like the Pacers or you know other teams with a lot of cap space like Philly they could they could throw you know some crazy money to Paul George to try and lure him over there and Mm -hmm. I mean, he's at a point now where he's still really, really good. He looks awesome, and I I do worry about him possibly leaving if they don't get the contract settled uh, right away because he could yeah. be getting some really good money in the offseason. But um, Kawhi Leonard has been playing amazingly. So good. So, yeah. Like, he's he's back to, like, top 10 player, and we hadn't seen that in two years. I know. he's I, I uh That's one thing, like, I was kind of wondering if he was if it was gone, if he was going to be able to come back and be – what he used to be and it looks like he's back to being the absolute menace that he was uh his defense he, he it's evident he's still he aged a little bit clearly his defense is not a hundred percent back to where it was but it's probably about 85 to 90 90 percent back to what he was yeah. and i mean his offensively he's still one of my pl- favorite players to watch he's so uh decisive and i love the way that he plays offense so he has been playing really well and then harden this harden trade has fit and gone exactly how i think 
um, you would hope it would go as Clippers. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I don't like, I feel like you can't blame the Clippers anymore because we probably the last, last year and two years ago, we were probably, we were all like, we got to blow this Clippers team up. Like, yeah. I mean, Jordan was a huge advocate for that, where he was like, this team is not going to get it done. They're old, they're injured. Now they look healthy, they have the stars to compete on a nightly basis, even if one of them is injured. Um, like, do you blame? I don't blame Steve Ballmer for going all in on this core. Like, yeah, I get it. They're all 33, 34 years old. So it's going to be tough to compete when they're all 36. But, like, I mean, I don't, they do have the new arena coming next year. And, like, you in LA, I feel like you need star power, especially with the Lakers in town, or else no one's going to come to these games. Like, I'm just not sure how much of a move it was because they truly believe that they could win versus we just want to keep revenue coming in, you know? I I see that side of it, but I think I think uh both both Kawhi and uh the Clippers were kind of stuck with each other almost. Not not that that's bad. That that kind of sounds negative and it's not meant to be because they obviously wanted Kawhi, that's their guy, and Kawhi wanted the Clippers. It, he I think he didn't really have any leverage because I don't think any other team thinks that he would play for them long term, uh, other than the Clippers. And then yeah. on the Clippers side, I mean, like you said, who else are they going to bring it, go and get? I mean, they're not the premier LA team in the NBA. It's the Lakers, so it's hard for them to get those free agents really. And I think they, I think they they wanted Kawhi. I don't think they, uh, you know, just settled signed him out of necessity. I think that they really wanted him, and they view him as someone that can get them over the edge and be, you know, make them champions. And I, I, I agree with them, especially with the way he's playing now. He has been healthy, though, which is a little scary because he tends to get a little unhealthy later on in the season. So mm-hmm. we got to watch for that because there is, you know, potential for injury history or injury issues for this Clippers team that really hasn't had any injury issues uh, to date. So keep an eye on that. But I think... If you're being realistic, you're probably making Paul George your number one, and then Kawhi two and Harden three, and I those guys are three. What good do you mean guys. by that? Like your, I think your best player is probably Paul George right now. Kawhi's playing amazing, but I think Paul George is probably what you consider the best player just because he is younger and um he's playing slightly better uh than Kawhi right now. Now Kawhi is a better two way player. Um, but Paul George is a really good two-way player as well. Actually, their numbers are pretty similar, but I think I think as the playoffs go on, you probably are going to rely on Paul George as your first option, and Kawhi will be your second, and then Harden is kind of that connector piece that um, mm-hmm. gets them all set up, which is which is a role he's been playing really, really well. So Definitely. I, I've, I think it's time to really talk about them as serious contenders. Um, that injury's got a, The injury uh, luck has got to hold up for them, though. Yeah, it always comes back to the injuries, uh, especially with this core. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it is different because now there is a legitimate like third quote-unquote star in Harden, and it's not Russ anymore who's very streaky. But um, he's been playing well on the bench. Russ has been doing well coming off the bench too. Yeah, this so this offseason also, Russ has a player option, and so does P.J. Tucker as well. I'm not, if they do re-sign... Paul George, or they they sign him to his player option, and then they sign Harden back. I'm not sure if they're going to have cap space for um, Russ and PJ Tucker, but 
I don't think they. I think really Tucker's gone. He's he's talked about being unhappy a lot. He hasn't played. He's just getting yeah. DMPs. Yeah, so I, I would imagine he's probably gone. But Russ, I I think they I think it's the same like the Kawhi situation. Russ is an LA guy, um, like he's from there, and he, I think he want I think the Clippers want him, and he wants to be there. So I I would see, I see Harden, uh, Kawhi. Obviously, he already resigned. Kawhi, Harden, and uh, Russ still being with the Clippers. I'm more interested mm. in seeing what happens with Paul George because I think he is the guy that could possibly walk, uh, but I don't think he will. I think it's like. I feel 70-30 about it, I feel, or maybe even 80-20. I feel 80% sure he's staying with the Clippers, but I wouldn't be like completely shocked if he takes the money uh, from Philly or Indiana or something like that, which yeah. you know, we're going to talk about That'd Indiana be cool. next. Return to Indiana. That'd be yeah, cool. and, it, and if you have anything else on the Clippers, uh, or if you don't have anything else, we can go to Indiana now because they've been playing pretty well too, and that's a team that we wanted to talk about. So do you have anything yeah. else on the Clippers, or can we go to Indiana? I mean – I think obviously this playoff run is is gonna depict this Clippers core and their future together. But if you if you listen to interviews too, Paul George is like he's kind of in love with the Clippers organization and the guys yeah. that they have there. He's like, we genuinely like each other. He's like there's no he's also later in his career where he is probably going to value winning more than money. Like he already has yeah. a ton of money. So. He has family. He has a family too. So it's, it's hard to up- uproot yeah. your family. Definitely. I think, I think he'll wind up staying there. Um, But yeah. All right. Let's go to Pacers. Yeah. So the Pacers, we just want to talk about because I mean, Letty and I are just massive Pacers fans Um, and they are playing pretty well. Obviously they lost to Denver on Sunday, but they beat They're Atlanta to nine and two in their last 11. Yeah, and now it hasn't been like the hardest schedule. I mean, they 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 beat Atlanta, Washington, they beat Boston by two, which was huge. They lost to Boston, they beat Atlanta again, then Milwaukee twice. So it's two been two Bucks wins, yeah. Yeah, Next, and then before they before beat... the OG trade. Yes, let yes. The show. <laughs> let the record show. Um, but the reason we wanted to talk about the Pacers is more so uh what they could add because they could, they have the potential to add someone that could really put them over the edge. Now, you could add someone like they, I think what they need to add is a third option, but someone who's a two-way player. Um, so a guy like Pascal Siakam, I think, would be really interesting. Yeah, I heard his name floating around there. Um, also, I will say, this Pacers team, they're not a team that I would want to get matched up against in the first round of the playoffs. No. They're no. scary. And where this where the standings are at right now, the Pacers are sixth in the Eastern Conference. I'd imagine they'd be around there come playoff time, whether it's play-in or at getting that sixth or fifth seed. But if you're like, if you're the Bucks, they're kind of, they match up very well against the Bucks, and it's just high power offense versus high power offense. They're kind of a better version of what the Bucks are doing scoring wise. Like they've already beaten the Bucks four times this year. Um, yeah. But anyway, I digress there. That would, um, that would be an amazing, that would be an amazing uh, first round because those teams do not like each other. And no, the Pacers yeah. have had the Bucks numbers like number like you mentioned, and if the Pacers were to beat the Bucks, I feel like that would cause some ridiculous turmoil within the Bucks organization. You'd probably see Giannis uh, the head force his way up. Yeah, so you'd probably see some craziness happening <laughs> happening with that. So um, the Pacers are really looking to trade Buddy Heald. It sounds like, and mm-hmm. I mean, you, I think the the guy that they're probably going hardest after was OG Ananobi. And obviously he's on your team now. So 
he's off the board. But I, uh, I'm interested in seeing what, uh, you know, Buddy Heald could get you. I don't think he's going to get you something crazy, but if you package it with some first round picks, you might be able to get say, someone kind of interesting. I think the Pacers also have a ton of like great young assets. That yeah, like Jarris Walker. Jarris Walker, Nemhard, Obi, Ben Matherin, like all these players, they're the Pacers are three and one without Halliburton in these last four games. And yeah. one of them was against the Celtics. And I like the Pacers, they have all their own first rounders. They have an extra first rounder in 2024. That's probably going to be coming from the Jazz. And then they have like a handful of second rounders too. And I think because of that, they have the right assets to make a big splash. And I don't know. I don't, not that I would want to give up on Mathurin, but he doesn't, him and Halliburton don't really play well together. Like you'll never see yeah. Halliburton and Mathurin having crazy nights offensively because I think they just both need the ball too much. I, um, I agree. I love Mathurin, but I think. He, he, I mean, he doesn't, he went like 51 straight points without passing the ball um, or yeah. without an assist. And I think you, I, I'm like, all right with packaging him and Jairus Walker together with a pick or something and get seeing what that gets you because I feel like that, or maybe add Buddy Healed, like that can really move the needle for a team. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like Siakam, he's going to be overpriced because that's just how Messiah, he does business like that. Like, he always gets a lot back on his returns. Yeah. And I think it's also like it is kind of speeding up this Pacers timeline. Like, yeah, I but I think a that's a good. Young... That's I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah, I know. And Halliburton's playing like he's like not championship caliber, but he's like is he yeah. can dominate at times, which is something that you don't see very often. Someone that no, a hundred percent. And I mean, with this team, you need to add. You, I think they're trying to add defense without compromising their offense. So I, I, I don't like you're looking for two uh two way wings and mm-hmm. obviously OG would have fit Pascal Siakam would fit that but I don't know who else would be out there really that I mean like you could say DeJounte Murray but he's more of that I think he would overlap with uh Halliburton a lot so I yeah. I um I think it's interesting to see like Jeremy Grant who, maybe yeah Jeremy Grant would be interesting he's expensive so I don't know how they would make those contracts match but that's a guy too like that is someone I would be uh interested in trading for for sure because I think um, yeah, I think he would fit really well on this team. I'm right now I'm on the fly. I'm doing a uh Pascal Siakam for um let's see, round, pick one here. All right. Pascal Siakam for Jarris Walker, Buddy Healed, and Ben Math. Let's see if that trade works. It does work. Um, and a pick. They're one of their first round picks. Yeah. I mean, like if you're a Toronto, that's I feel a like lot. That, that's a lot that's for a Toronto. Lot to give up. Yeah, that's a lot. lot. Up, but Jarris Walker does not play for them. Um, yeah, now Benedict know, Matherin yeah. could be really, really good, but if you have the emergence of Neesmith, maybe you're betting on Neesmith there, uh, over Buddy Heald because, but Neesmith could become a, a better Buddy Heald, or yeah, I feel yeah. like, I feel like that's kind of the range of what Neesmith could end up being is just around a Buddy Heald level player. So, um, I think with that move, you, you get your third option in Siakam, um, or you know one one of the three right it would be Halliburton Turner and Siakam are your big three and um he brings in some defensive components that are really needed and then if you're able to maybe make some moves on the back end with some of your other guys uh try and bring in a defensive minded big for that power forwards position too like yeah. Clint Capella could be available um or you could go a little bit lower end right and you could try and move um for someone who's not as flashy I think what makes the Pacers so great is 
their five-out offense and how Halliburton is just spraying the ball and how everyone on the perimeter can shoot. But, mm. I mean, you're right. Like, they do want to keep that offense where it is, obviously, because it's first in the league right now. But their their defense and their rebounding is just lacking so hard where yeah, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They could beat you, they could beat anybody, or they could lose to anybody. And that's just uh-huh. how this team is until they make make a big splash. Hundred percent. I I am also. Uh, I wouldn't be sure if the Raptor, Raptors would do that. I feel like that is overlap. Ben Math to you know, um, adding him him and Buddy healed in with Scotty and Emmanuel RJ quickly and, and RJ yeah. and yeah, it's a, lot. It, it's a lot. So it's a lot of wings. So I don't know if that trade really moves the needle for them. Um, the other one I heard was Andrew Wiggins, and I don't. I hope they don't make that trade. Uh, yeah, Andrew Wiggins at this point is like. Warriors are almost going to have to attach something to him. Yeah, to, to he's just looking value. washed. He's looking real washed, and I, I hope yeah, they don't. He bring just him. doesn't care. He looks like he doesn't give yeah. a fuck. Which is one of those things. Like if you bring him in, maybe he changes his attitude, and you know, I, I mean, if you're not doing it in Golden State, like where are you going to do it? I feel like Golden State is one of the most renowned cultures besides like the usually, but the culture has been rough the last two years. Yeah, yeah, it has been right rough there. in that building. That I like. Granted. I mean, you saw. I mean, with just with Draymond in the building, it seems like there's always you're always kind of walking on eggshells. But yeah, yeah. I, I hope they don't make a move. Um, right now, they're in a good spot. They're right where they need to be. You can make the move to, you know, uh, move your timeline up and go make it a win now situation, or you can sit back and remain as this younger team and build a little bit more. So yeah. I hope. I think personally. I hope that they um, don't force a move, you know, because that could really set them back badly. I hope they, I hope they, uh, you know, just see where this season takes them and kind of build out a little bit more organically. They also have that max uh, slot that they're able to give next this off season. And I think yeah. Tyrese Halliburton, you're, first you're going to want to lock him up on an extension. And then also he is a good, uh, you know, he's a good selling point to bring people over to the Indiana. Be like, you're going to get the chance to play with Tyrese Halliburton, who will get you the ball in the best opportunity Wide for you to shots. be successful. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. if if I'm an NBA star, I, like he's one of the top guys that I want to play with. So you, oh, the Pacers, their number one thing is locking him up for the long term and then from there building out, I think. But they could do, you know, expedite their process a little bit and make a move. I just hope if they do that, it's for someone like Pascal Siakam because I like that move. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. All right. Uh, any more Pacers talk? I don't have anything right now. Yeah. All right. So this was just a quick little NBA segment. Um, the cute rest of this po- segment. Cute little it's NBA cute. seg. Um, the Obviously, the beginning of this pod was all NFL stuff. We're going to give you more NFL stuff for the time being until – uh, there's more NBA storylines that arise right now. Like we said, they just played through the MLK Day games, and uh, nothing too interesting happened. Although that Pelicans Mavs game was fun, there's a lot of like chippiness. But other than that, there really hasn't been a bunch of NBA stuff. So once um, more stories come out, we'll be giving you more NBA content. But yeah, check out. Also, I forgot to mention, check out our uh, TikTok. We've been grinding the TikTok. Uh, the link to that is in our bio of every episode. We have or the description, rather, we have our link tree in there. And if you go there, you can find our social media, our Instagram, our YouTube, and our TikTok. We've been uploading YouTube shorts like crazy as well. So, yeah, thank you all for listening and supporting us, and we'll be back later in the week with some NFL stuff.